what's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. And of course, I am Chip. I'm your host, and thank you so much for listening. If you're new to the podcast and you're listening today, thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you want to share our podcast, you know, please share our podcast. We're on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to watch us, you can watch over on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So please don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And Man, today, uh, today and yesterday and the re- this whole week has been loaded with news going on in the NFL. Um, some of the biggest news that came out of the of the NFL the last couple of days has been Leonard Fournette. You know, Leonard Fournette was released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, they decided to kind of cut bait with him. And, you know, honestly, it's one of those things where if you're listening to my my podcast on the, I think it was my August 21st uh, podcast, the players that I was avoiding for 2020. And you look at kind of the Jag situation and Leonard Fournette, you know, that's why I was off of Leonard Fournette this year. I just felt like there's too many variables that made me feel like he wasn't going to live up to the value of drafting him. Um, now he's not, he's not ranked very high, but like he's a guy who has a lot of upside. So to see a guy that is such an unknown player on the team like Jacksonville was there was too many variables that made me just want to not, you know, draft Leonard Fournette. And then you see what happens. You know, they release a guy who is a first round pick. He's only 25 years old. And I know there has been some beef in the organization. So I know like it was probably easier for them to cut bait. But based on what they were saying yesterday, they couldn't get anything in the trade. So they decided to release him. And then he went, you know, he was unclaimed on waivers, which is very odd for a guy that is such a talented running back. But I get his salary was what like four million dollars, so I think that's I mean the main reason why people didn't want to pick him up because he was you know he was on for a four million dollar contract. But now on Wednesday, he signed a you know a, a deal with the Bucks, and that's crazy. You know, you guys know I'm a Bucks fan, and I'm ecstatic to see another player added to the Bucks offense. And I think this is the Bucks' way of saying it. We're all in. We're going to do what we can and win a Super Bowl when Tom Brady's our quarterback and having Gronk and having Bruce Arians. I mean, looking at the Bucks on paper, I mean, this team is just stacked and I'm excited to see it, you know, and, you know, looking at some of the stats, I was looking at next gen stats and, you know, Leonard Fournette, every, you know, everybody's kind of saying what, you know, what happens to Ronald Jones. And I think just from, reading and kind of listening what the coaches are saying is that Ronald Jones, I think will still get the first crack at the starting position. I think it'll be Leonard Fournette's job sometime late September, October. I think that's when he gets acclimated to the offense. I think that's where he's going to get his time to shine. But, you know, based on what he, what Leonard Fournette did in Jacksonville, I mean, he faced a loaded box, 47.8% of his, his carries in 2017 and then 39.1% in 2018, and then 34.7% in 2019, which is crazy because like he was still a decent running back, even dealing with the loaded box. And now you go to a team that has the offense that they have. You know, the Bucks only had a deal with the loaded box 21.5% of the time. So you know Leonard Fournette is going to flourish in that offense because they have so many weapons that they can't just stack the box for Leonard Fournette. They have to respect the passing game and they have to respect the running game. So I think Leonard Fournette. I still, I would, I would draft him if it was, if there was value there. But I'm not going to overpay for him. And I think, you know, I think the thing about the Bucks team right now, we're assuming, is that the Bucks are going to be playing ahead a lot of the time. 
And if that's the case, that means that Ronald Jones will still get his carries. Leonard Fournette will get his carries. And I think that both of them will, will be productive. But I don't see the upside of any RB1 type of season. I do think that there'll be a solid flex play or a solid RB2 play. But um, I'm just excited to see what this is going to do. I mean, we haven't seen Leonard Fournette play a season without a loaded box. So I I think that it, with that being the case, I think Leonard Fournette is going to have a great season. But Ronald Jones still deserves the carries too. And obviously there's LaShawn McCoy. There's It's just a crowded backfield now. But when it comes to fancy-wise, I, I was kind of going for Rojo. I think Rojo has some potential there. But now with Leonard Fournette signing, it's just hard to want to sign some or play some or draft somebody of that caliber just because I just don't think the upside is going to be as much as it was if Leonard Fournette wasn't there. But, you know, crazy term events for for Leonard Fournette, just for the NFL and just for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, you know, everyone's talking the Tampa Bay Bucks up and I'm concerned about it because I don't like a team being so, you know, talked about because they have to deliver. And who knows if this team is going to deliver or not. So we'll just have to wait and see. But very interesting turn of events, you know, to say the least. And then last, uh, you know, yesterday or on Wednesday, um, or I'm sorry, Tuesday, Adam Schefter had reported Alvin Kamara was was absent from camp, apparently due to contract um, issues, right? So he's wanting a new contract. It's been stated that he wants a contract that's close to what Christian McCaffrey's getting. And then there was some, you know, talks that he didn't hold out, that he was in the building working out. He just wasn't on the field. So and then he was at practice on Wednesday. So a lot of this is just back and forth. I, I don't think Alma Kamara is the type of player that would hold out. I think that the Saints know how crucial he is to a Super Bowl run. And for them not to sign Alma Kamara or at least give him some type of, you know, raises somehow in his rookie deal to to make him happy. I just think that they need to find a way to get Alvin Kamara some money. But, and there was also some type of story floating out around that he had a, an epidural shot in his back. And that's, you know, that's kind of concerning to me as well, because is there other things going on with Alvin Kamara that we're not knowing about, you know, that's not being said to the media, but somehow it got leaked that he got an epidural shot and, you know, epidural shots really meant for a lot of inflammation that happens in the back and does this mean that he's having some issues with his legs or anything like that? Because if he has a herniated disc or anything that's back related, you know, epidural is meant to help with that. And hopefully it doesn't do anything long term this year where he gets injured and then he, he has back issues. And he has to sit out. But I don't know. Alvin Kamara, it's making me kind of nervous about what's going on with him. I love him. He's one of my favorite players. And I draft him every single year when I can. Um, I have him in a dynasty, but. I don't know. It just it makes me want to kind of turn a little away from Alma Kamara, even though I think he's a stud. I just I just hope that he's healthy completely. I hope these a lot of these stories about his back is just a rumor, and that he does get paid because he deserves to get paid. He's been very efficient. He's been a very good back. But you know, if players want to hold out, I mean, that's obviously their prerogative. They have every right to. But um, it just as a fancy you know football player, you know, it's. Not good. You know, you want to see those those elite players play and hopefully things get ironed out. I mean, like I said, he was at practice on Wednesday. So, I mean, it looks like things are all good on that front, but we'll definitely see what happens. Just continue to monitor that. And then the Patriots activated Lamar Miller uh, from the PUP list. So this is obviously not good when it comes to like your Damien Harris 
um, you know, thoughts of maybe potentially being a breakout. And then you got Sony Michelle coming back and taking first, you know, first team reps away from Damian Harris. Now you got Lamar Miller coming back off of PUP. Now it's a backfield. I don't think I want to touch. I mean, it was it was good to see like Damian Harris get the first team reps when Sony Michelle was out and Lamar Miller was out. Now you add those two back into the mix. And now I think Damian Harris is dealing with some type of soft tissue injury. It's like, okay, it's just maybe time to like maybe pivot. And that happens all the time. This is why we always want to bring out this news to you guys because if we don't tell you the news, we're not going to know exactly, you're not going to know exactly what's going on. And you're sitting in your draft and I say something about Damian Harris and you remember that and you take him. And then all of a sudden you see that Lamar Miller or Sony Michelle is the starter because of something going on. And it's like, I just want to make sure that, that I'm accurate with all my information, all the news that I get. And that's why I try to be as current as I can because I was on Damian Harris's, you know, wagon for the last few weeks. And then now with Lamar Miller back and then, you know, so Michelle, it's kind of gets to the point where I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and just back off of Damian Harris and kind of see what the first week holds. And then if he ends up doing something, he becomes the person who gets the most snaps, then maybe I'll pick him up on free agency if he's undrafted. But he's definitely a guy that I'm, I'm just pivoting from. And then Miles Sanders is dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, you know, he was doing some team drills on the, you know, on the side of the field, just, you know, shadowing some of the drills that they're doing on the during practice for the, the Eagles. And it seems like, you know, this is something he dealt with last year. He dealt with the hamstring injury. And is this something to monitor? I mean, like I said, I'm not a big fan of hamstring injuries. He did play the whole season last year, but he was sparingly used because Jordan Howard was there. Um, and that just makes you wonder if Boston Scott's going to be used a little bit more, you know, and there were some talks that obviously they're, you know, they were talking about maybe Leonard Fournette being a possibility, but obviously that's not the case. But it is one of those things where I love Miles Sanders. I own him in Dynasty as well. And I just hope that he's a guy that that is not dealing with these nagging injuries for his hamstring and, and he he's able to start the season healthy and has a great, you know, 2020 because it's prime for him to have a breakout. And I just wait I can't wait to see him just just do well. But he has to be healthy and be on the field for that to happen. And then in Detroit. Um, Lions running back DeAndre Swift was returning to practice, but he was he returned at a limited um, basis. But you know this is something that we have to monitor as well because DeAndre Swift is being drafted. We highly obviously in dynasty, but everyone's predicting him being the lead back. But he can only be the lead back if he's on the field. So it's still one of those things you want to monitor. I mean, Carry On Johnson still has the appeal just because he is the backup or he could be the starter if DeAndre Swift cannot get to the point where he can be healthy before the season starts. But it is one of those things where I think, um, you know, it's, it's hard to always predict what's going to happen. You can never predict the NFL. You can never predict injuries, but you know, you just want to make sure that you, you know, the information. So you, you make the right calls on draft day. So, you know, that's it for the news. I mean, that that's a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, it's a lot of crazy things going on and you know it's it's something that it's going to be going on all year i mean there's gonna be something that goes on the rest of the year that we're like what the heck happened you know and but the good thing about it is that the season starts next week guys you know in a week we're gonna be watching houston versus kansas city and it's gonna be awesome and i can't wait um so now today in the episode i'm gonna talk about i'm talking about my sleepers for 2020 now, with my sleepers, I am picking guys that are low on the rankings but could have some upside. They're not guys that you would play every single week. They're more players that you could plug and play 
but I do think they do have value. I think there's some guys that you can get late in your draft. Um, there's some guys I have on my list that you probably won't be able to, but majority of these guys, um, I think you can grab and hopefully stream or hopefully have that that guy that breaks out for you. So, so the first player I have on my list for my my deep sleepers is is Gardner Minshew. You know, this is a guy that I completely um, just for some reason I'm all in on this year. He's a guy that I keep on saying he's a guy. I sound like Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football, but here's a guy. Um, you know, he's he's a dual threat quarterback. You know, he's a guy that can run. He is able to throw the ball pretty well. You know, last year he ran the ball for 344 yards, you know, in only in 14 games. So we know that he can extend the pocket and extend the plays and and find players down the field because last year he, you know, he was graded number three from pro football focus with 20 plus yards. And he had a quarterback rating of 129 when he did that. So he definitely knows how to throw the ball deep and protect the ball. And that's what you want to see from quarterbacks. You want to see guys that are able to just deal with, you know, deal with the the situation of protecting the ball and knowing that he's not just going to do anything erratic and then cause turnovers and all that. Because we know with the news now coming out of Jacksonville that Leonard Fournette got released and then newly signed with the Bucks, that they're going to be probably coming from behind a lot. You know, they're not going to be more into the or in the rushing game because they don't have a prominent back like Fournette. I mean, I think Armstead is going to be a decent running back, but I don't. He's not going to require the same amount of, you know, attention that that Leonard Fournette did. So I think that this gives DJ Chark a, a possibility of being having a good season, just because they're going to pass the ball more. Why? I mean, DJ Chark is pretty much their only weapon. I mean, they have their second round pick that they drafted, but it's just getting to the point where I think Gardner Mitchell can definitely have a decent season, especially. Because they're probably going to be losing a lot. It sounds like, I mean, it looks like they're tanking. I mean, that's the thing about it is that the moves you make, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is the guy that people want next year. And we're seeing it, you know, with Jacksonville. Some people are thinking about with, you know, New England with the fact that they pretty much have their whole team opted out because of COVID. They got rid of Tom Brady or they didn't get rid of, they didn't re-sign Tom Brady. And they bring in Cam Newton. So like, I think Cam Newton would be fine there, but it's just one of those things where I, I can see them falling behind early in games. They have to continue to pass, and that's just going to rack up the points. I mean, last year, like Gardner Mitchell had 3,200 yards passing. He had 20, 21 touchdowns and six interceptions. So that's not bad for a guy that you could stream. I think because of their strength of schedule being what it is, I think this is allows their, you know, Gardner Mitchell to have a better season than most people think. I think he's a very streamable option when it comes to playing in a one quarterback league and your quarterback that you have that your starting quarterback doesn't have a good matchup. If Gardner Minshew's there and the matchup's a plus matchup, then I would grab him because he's definitely a guy that is going to, you know, be that guy that it could be like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of, of this year. I mean, I played Ryan Fitzpatrick at my championship game last year and won because he had a great matchup. He scored me like 48 fancy points. So like it definitely is something to look into because I think he obviously will go undrafted in a lot of leagues in a lot of drafts this year, but but he he'll be a name to just continue to have you know just kind of on the radar just because he's going to have a lot of streamable games this year. Now my running back that I've chose for this year as my my 2020 sleeper is David Johnson. I know that's a big name. I know it's a guy that most people are going to draft, right? David Johnson's not going to go undrafted like Gardner Mitchell could. But David Johnson's had such an up and down career so far, going from a fancy stud in 2016 to breaking his wrist in 2017 and then 
not being able to play that whole season. And then you look at what happened in 2018, just didn't have the same season that we would anticipate from David Johnson. Then that, then last year was a completely just crazy season for him because he, he came out last year and blew it up the first six weeks, right? After the six week, after week six of last year, he was the RB, he was the RB eight. I mean, he was having a phenomenal season. And then all of a sudden he just, just something happened. I don't know if it was just the, the coaching. I don't know if it was the, you know, maybe he was injured that we didn't really know about what was going on, but it got to the point where he, he came off just bangbusters last year. And then all of a sudden just got, you know, they traded, they traded for Kenyon Drake. They started him over David Johnson. David Johnson didn't really see the field much, but it was crazy because I mean, his stats, his rushing stats weren't very good last year. He had 345 yards. He had, you know, two rushing touchdowns and he did have, you know, 3.7 yards per attempt. So, I mean, he definitely, he definitely was just not used at all rushing the ball. And then when it came down to being a receiver, this is where he did most of his damage. I mean, last year he had 43 targets on 36, he had 36 receptions on 43 targets, which it's not bad. I mean, he had 370, you know, receiving yards with, with four touchdowns. So that's where those were the stats that was what made him the, you know, the RB six between the first six weeks of the season, because he was the guy that, I'm sorry, he was the RB8 in the first six weeks of the season. And that's because he was having a great, he was having a, a pretty much a dual threat type of season where he was being used in a rush game, in a rushing game. He was using being used in the passing game. And for some reason, it just went, just went nowhere, you know, after that. So it'll be interesting. I think this year with Houston, I think that he he gets to the point where he's going to be a, you know, obviously he's going to have a prominent role in the Houston offense. I mean, they're they're a team that's in transition, right? They got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Um, they they bring in David Johnson. They still have Duke Johnson, and they were, they brought in Randall Cobb. And you know they're relying on Will Fuller, Kiki QT. They're relying on you know Randall Cobb and all of them to be to be their their offense. And I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out for at least the wide receivers. But when it comes to David Johnson, I think that if they're able to put David Johnson and Duke Johnson on the field at the same time. I think that provides mismatches for David Johnson, which I think he will flourish in the receiving game. But even Carlos Hyde had a thousand yards last year in Houston, and, I, and David Johnson is, is obviously a much better back than you know Carlos Hyde was. So I think David Johnson definitely is a guy that you know if you're looking for like a zero running back strategy in a sense of going heavy on wide receivers and a, you know a stud tight end, that he could be a guy that could definitely give you a lot of upside. So. I would I would look pay attention to David Johnson and kind of see where he's at. Don't reach for him, but you know he definitely could be a guy that give you a lot of upside this year. Now my my wide receiver that I chose for twenty twenty um, is Alan Lazard. Right, Alan Lazard was a guy that no one really talked about last year, and then a bunch of injuries started happening to the Green Bay Packers wide receiver core, and it got to the point where Alan Lazard was the guy that kind of emerged a little bit. Right, but he didn't get really his feet went until week six. And then, you know, he definitely, in my opinion, I think right now he holds out that number two position because, you know, Devin Funches had opted out and they have um, MVS. So that's somebody that could potentially take some targets away from him. But Alan Lazard seems to be the guy that Aaron Rodgers trusting right now as the number two, you know, alongside Devontae Adams. So I think this is a guy that definitely can play on the outside he definitely is a guy that, you know, like I said, Dave, you know, Aaron Rodgers seems to trust. Um, but 
we don't know how that that translates to fantasy football, right? We don't know how much when the season starts that Aaron Rodgers is going to go his way. But we'll see. I mean, you know, Lazard finished as the wide receiver 50 from week six onward. And that's not really, obviously that's not good because you want to see a guy that's going to be, you know, a guy that you can play every week. But I think that the second year in Matt LaFleur's offense, I think Aaron Rodgers and that offense clicks. I think that, you know, Aaron I, Aaron Jones, I mean, the running game, I don't know how much of a run game is going to improve, but I do think that when it comes to the passing game, I think they're going to click a little bit better this year than they did last year. So it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with, Al, you know, with Lazard. But you know, even last year, he did, you know, he did have 70, 17 targets over the last two games of the season, which that was, that was good for 18.6% of the target share. So, you know, if that stuff translates into this season, then you're going to have a guy that definitely has a role in that offense that Aaron Rodgers will go to. And that could potentially, you know, turn into fancy points because you know that Devonte Adams going to get double teamed. You know that they're going to, they're going to have a little more, you know, their eyes on Aaron Jones and what he does. And are they going to stack the box for him just to kind of minimize the run game? But Alan Lazard seems to be the guy that could have that potential outbreak, you know, or breakout season that definitely could, you know, put you, you know, into a place where you definitely get some value. I mean, like last year he had, you know, he had, he had 477 yards. He had 35 receptions on 51 targets, right? He had, you know, he had three touchdowns, you know, he has, he definitely had 13, he had 13.6 with yards per reception. So definitely they're, they're throwing the ball down the field to him. So I think, I think this is definitely a, a good option. If you're just kind of trying to cipher through a bunch of people that, or late in your draft, he definitely is a guy that you can plug and and hopefully turn to something. So, and now my tight end for twenty twenty, um, I mentioned him before in my, in my one of my podcasts earlier in the off season is I like New York Jets tight end Chris Herndon. Right, you know he he didn't really do anything last year. Obviously, he had pretty much no stats to even even talk about. You know, he had a four game suspension, um, and then he got back, and then he got injured, and then he went on injury reserve, and then just didn't do anything, right? He only had one catch last year. So it's not really anything to even talk about because this was a guy that people were trying to think about being as a breakout tight end last year. And then the suspension happened, all that stuff. It was just a snowball of effects of bad things happening. So it got to the point where this is the year that everyone's trying to point at like, okay, this has to be a year that Chris Herndon actually does something. But it's one of those things where if you look at what happened last year, I mean, he had 34 receptions for 340 or 320 yards and he had five touchdowns. And then now this was his rookie season. So he definitely had a very good rookie season when it came to, you know, being Sam Darnold's go-to guy. Now, if that's the case, you know, they they definitely can use someone like Chris Ryan because he's very dynamic. He's definitely, you know, to the point where he can create mismatches. And, you know, they do, like I said, they have Le'Veon Bell, they have Chris Herndon. They have the rookie Mims. They have Jamison Crowder. So, like, I can see, I can see Herndon being the go-to guy for 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 uh, Sam Darnold. But it's one of those things where are they? You know, they do have Ryan Griffin too. So, can they can they go on the field and do twelve personnel? Can they get two tight ends on the field? Can they actually do something in the passing game? But I just find I just find that they're going to be able to establish Chris Herndon, and I think that he's definitely going to have a good season. Um, he's a guy that I can see being, you know, Sam Darnold's favorite target. I can see him being a, a good red zone target and a threat, um, especially, you know, gain up, you know, when you get close to the end zone, just trying to throw the ball up to him. I mean, 
he definitely has the skills to do that. So um, it's just one of those things. It's it's Adam Gase's offense. That's the whole caveat to this whole thing. We have no idea what Adam Gase is doing. We have no idea how the offense is going to look. We have no idea if he's going to, you know, actually put his best players in a position to do things that are their strengths. It's yet to be seen. But hopefully Chris Hernan is a guy that will will flourish this year as a tight end. And and there's somebody you probably it's probably another guy who's not going to get drafted. He's a guy you're probably going to find on the waiver wire. And you can probably see how he does in the first couple, you know, weeks of the season and hopefully grab him off of off of free agency. But I definitely think that there's potential there with Chris Hurden. So for my to review my sleepers, as at quarterback, I have Garden Minshew. At running back, I have David Johnson. Receiver is Alan Lazard. And then tight end is Chris Hurden. So before I end the podcast, I want to say thank you to everyone who has submitted um, their their submissions for the jersey giveaway. If you're new to the podcast, you haven't heard about this um, right now. Until next week, I am doing a, a Adam Thielen jersey giveaway. You know, if you want to enter the drawing, all you have to do is subscribe to the YouTube, subscribe to the podcast, and then I want you to leave a review of the podcast. And then I want you to screenshot that and send it over to my email at chip at gridironfantasyfootball.com. And then once you do that, I will email you back to let you know that you've been put into the giveaway. But it's just as simple as that. If you want to, it's a it's a purple color rush jersey. If you want to see what the jersey looked like, I did a video um, the other day about what the jersey looked like. So it, definitely, if you if you want to if you want to win that, just please support the podcast. I mean, if that's all I'm asking. You know, it's one of those things where I love talking football. I love talking to you guys and 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 just give you my opinion. So, like I said, thank you again for listening today. Thank you for just joining us. And you know, please like, share, and comment on these on these videos on the podcast. So. Um, the next episode. So now we're transitioning into the season. So next episode will be on Wednesday of next week. Um, I'll be dropping that on Wednesday just because I get back. I'm out of town for my draft and for Labor Day. So when I come back, I'll be posting the video of who won the jersey. I'll be doing that drawing. And then when it comes to this season, it's going to be the schedule will be on Mondays will be my recap of my of the of the week prior right then tuesdays will be my waiver wire show and then friday will be my matchups i'll be talking about the thursday night game and then about the matchups for the season and then i'll do injury updates and all that stuff but um wednesday of next week before the thursday night game i'll be reviewing the thursday night game and telling you guys who i would i would play in that game and go from there but if you want to you know hit us up on on social media you can find us on facebook and twitter at the good iron pod and then you can find us on instagram at the good iron fantasy football so Thank you so much for listening today. That's it for today. Have a great day and and have a great draft. This is the last weekend for drafts to happen. So I hope you guys are having fun in your drafts and you get the players that you want. So good luck and take care and we'll see you on the next episode.